Discussing documentaries with myself, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. Thank you for downloading this episode. Today we are talking about Class Action Park. It's from the year 2020, and the provider uh, for the pair of us actually was Sky Documentaries. The, the provider was Matt Wills because Matt has very kindly <laughs> yeah, allowed me onto his Sky account, which I am over the moon about. So, shush, Sky will shut so, us down. They're working. Listen, all they're out. not one of the 41, not one of the fantastic 41 people that check this out. <laughs> they could have people in Venezuela tracking us. Um, and this one was actually made by HBO Max. And I don't know who HBO Max are, but obviously it's a division of HBO. And they make a great documentary. Because They've got one I, coming in our very near future. Is it the Woody Allen one? The Woody Allen one's in our very near fucking future. Oh, shit. Shit. Okay. So this one was written, produced, and directed by Charles uh, Chris Charles Scott and Seth Porges. Seth Porges actually... He did a documentary very similar to this one about seven years right. ago. So this is like version two. Uh, it, the accolades, it won two Best Audiences Award, one at the Florida and one at the Fantasia Film Festival. I'd be livid if I won that as a comedian. What, the Audience Award? You imagine, you go up, you do a festival, you've worked for a year, yeah, and you'd be like, Best Audience. It's like, no, nah, fuck them. I, I did the thing. They were just there. Oh, what the... <laughs> No, the audience I, don't get the award for I, being I've, the best I've, audience. I've, I've had to pander some terrible rooms, but I don't want them going home for fucking trophy. Oh, you, you guys are amazing. I'm not even going to bother how, fucking trying. How did you it get that? sounded like what you said. I, I bought yeah. a ticket, bought a ticket, and I laughed. That's all I did. Oh, you're the best audience. Um, here's the blurb. Loved by locals, but infamous for its insanely dangerous attractions, this film explores New Jersey, Jersey, New Jersey's action park and its deadly reputation now i've just finished watching this i don't think i've laughed so much watching something in a good number of years so for the first hour i laughed my ass off to the point that my missus got up from her desk and she had to leave the room to go upstairs because i was really putting her off i this was hilarious until it wasn't but up until that point Oh, mate, I was having the greatest time. I discovered time. something about and- my tastes during this documentary, and it turns out what I am looking for is uh, a behind the laughter on You've Been Framed. That is what I'm looking for <laughs> in a documentary. <laughs> it's It genuinely brought me so much pleasure. <laughs> Unrelated to mass generosity, he's also been given some of his picking privileges back temporarily. <laughs> 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 so I chose this one and I've chosen a good one because I just I loved watching this. So Rick, lead us in. Sorry, I haven't let's let's you lead us in because you you can paint the picture on this one I, better I, than me. Just because I'm a yeah, fan. No, that, that, like I said, this was this was a good old palate cleanser. We've had a fair and a nice yes. little bit of misery well kicking said. in some true crime and then the Britney Spears one, which was, you know, not the the happiest. We'll see how that comes out in the edit, just to make sure we don't look like complete fucking assholes. But um, <laughs> that might be a five minute, five minute episode. But it could be. But um, 
Yeah, this was this was well put together. This was this was um, so basically in the eighties, uh, there was no health and safety if you were a rich guy. So uh, a guy on Wall Street, very similar to Wolf of Wall Street, he's selling the penny stocks and screwing people over with his financial partner. He then gets suspended and goes and buys a, a, a whopping big piece of land, and there's a motorway in the middle of the theme park. <laughs> They just put it on both sides of a motorway, and then the kind of ethos of the park is you're in control of the speed of what you're doing. So it's like that's the yeah. difference to it. So it's it like I said, it's really it's on now TV, Sky documentaries. Uh, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good documentary. Um, now the the fella in question is called Gene Mulville Hill. Now he was kicked out of Wall Street. Because he was so underhanded. How underhanded have you got to be for Wall Street to go, oh, that's a bit too I rich know. for our blood? There's a guy who went building a theme park, isn't it? Like, Jesus, he must have been so dodgy. And then the, the, the little talking heads, like, so, like, the first little intro, they show you uh, the most dangerous theme park while you're seeing these rides that look insane. And he just said, then it's like a talking head saying, death was tolerated. <laughs> and you're like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Because did you ever hear the Alton Towers accident that happened? No. I went up to Alton Towers before a gig in Derby uh, with... uh, Well, hang on. You went to Alton Towers? Yes. And you'll queue for, on a decent ride, up to 30, 45 minutes, which for me, that's that's murder, like on on a hot day as well. And a ride would break down. And people would still be queuing for that ride. Even though you've just because well, you didn't know. Well, no, you could see it. Like when I when I fucking saw it, you saw you saw people like climbing up to let people off, and then they'd reset it and be like, "All right, it's open again." Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and then like a month month or two later, there was like a poor lass on her first day it lost a leg in Alton Towers, and you can just imagine even just some poor guy in a high vis jacket taking a fucking leg whiff from past, and you're like, "No, nope, I've queued thirty five minutes. We're getting on it." <laughs> We went on one in Australia. We went to a theme park there, and basically, you sit in a, you sit basically on a space on chairs that are arranged in a circle, and then you basically get shot up this pole, which is it's got to be three four hundred foot high, and then they basically you get to the top, they leave you there for a few seconds, and then they drop you, and we get to the top, and we're all like, this is going to be epic, and it breaks down. We got stuck up there for about 20 minutes. No way. It was terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you need a control drop, right? Although, because as they say, it's the same as Action Park. In a theme park, it's contrived danger. It's not real. It's made to look dangerous. It's an illusion of danger, yeah. No, this was fucking dangerous. We were terrified. Absolutely terrified. Gives you memories of like, uh, not... Sea World with blackfish. It's like Porque Florida or whatever it was called, where like they would just chuck people in with the orcas and they would just get eaten and be like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have danced with the orca. It's a trainer error." <laughs> he knows that whale hates the hokey cokey, so he knew what he was getting into. It was well, this place, right? So it's in a place called Vernon, which is in New Jersey. Now, the only reason that I've got any desire to outlive my missus is in the very slim hope that if I do, I want my next girlfriend to be from New Jersey. 
because their women have got sass. They've got the right accent. See, There's nothing about their women I don't like. See, they are superb. It's like, I want to date someone who can really call me an asshole and enjoy doing yeah. it. It's so weird that you're like... Because you can probably pick places in this country, but we're too close together to other places. Do you know what I mean? Where Whereas America's so vast. Like, you probably wouldn't come across more than a handful of people from Jersey if you lived elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yes, in this yeah, country, absolutely. So we've yeah, got yeah. kind of like a very diluted version of every type of person lives in every city. But the people yes. say, like, I've moved home, small town. The people who haven't lived think all Scousers are like the people on the fast show or like the uh, Harry yeah, Enfield yeah, characters. Yeah. All Londoners are like this. Or, and like, well said. Living yeah, down yeah. south, people think all Geordies are a certain way. Now, the thing is, if it's a fun stereotype, it's impossible not to try and lean into it. It's impossible. I've tried. It's so addictive. Like the minute he went down south, of course I'm drinking brown ale. I never drank fucking brown ale before. This <laughs> just got damn awful. I was so fucking. What was your drink before brown ale? Let's just explore that a little bit. What are you a prosecco kid? Nah, Jameson's and Coke or something. Like I like a bit of whiskey. Um, because I'd hate carrying cans around the street, so I'd always go for spirits and just like annihilate myself and fucking hope to get home. Class. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. um. Well, yeah, like, and then, the, so it's difficult. So this is how the stereotypes get reinforced because, like, it, it, two, I would say up till about three years ago, if I was, let's say, oh, I'm just not drinking it, and they'll go, I thought you were a Geordie. And it's like, <laughs> it's like calling Marty McFly a chicken or something. And you're it's like, exactly. <laughs> All right. So this is, this is how it is, is it? Well, good luck to you hearing me yell about how good Alan Shearer was at volleying the ball in four hours' time. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> um, Who would you say the closest... Because I've got a genuine love for women from New Jersey. Um, and the blokes as well. They're just... To me, they're just as cool. I think they, might, attitude, I think they right? might be assholes. Because it's a funny thing. They yes, had, that's what I like about had them. They had Jersey Shore. And of all the places they picked for the English counterpart, they had Geordie Shore. Are you saying I like you because you're an arsehole? There, there could be some truth in that, Rick. <laughs> that could be. Here's the thing, Matt. <laughs> you like me because you like anyone. That is the unfortunate truth yeah, of my world. that. But I spent more time with you than anyone. I found out the other day we are, our personality is made up of the five people we spend the most time with. <laughs> Mine so is currently, not. my personality is lacking because it's you and my missus. See, I, I'm spending no time with anyone else. If you take the personality traits of yourself, our lass, I I don't know who the other three people are. Myself, my I, I hang out with myself more than anything else, yep. and that is what my personality is. You, you are a bad influence on yourself. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Me and your lass are not and getting through to I you. I am super tetchy at the minute because I've moved home and after the deal for fucking parents think they can tell us what to do at the age of 33. <laughs> like, there's not a day goes by when I, like, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just triggered and waiting for an argument now. <laughs> I less, right. Have you taken over from your reactionary dog? Oh, yeah. Have they yeah, got yeah, a I reactionary am, I am, Rick? I am is that so what they've got? head up and waiting just to lash out. It is unbelievable. Uh, we just had a phone call. Uh, I... My mother bought some toys for the dog. We sent her a picture of the dog playing with toys in a little sun trap in the living room. And mom goes, it's beautiful having the sun in. When you get curtains up, don't tell... Richie's not allowed to close the curtains during the day to play the bloody Xbox. And I'm hearing this on, like, just, just on a loudspeaker. And, and, like, see, I've already been kicked out of what, like, the office room I did have because wants more sun. So she'll be upstairs. Why can't I... 
not have a glare on the TV while I played the Xbox. And I'm just there, like, why was that said? Why is it? Richard, I just think it'd be great if you left the house and walked around clockwise three times. Why? I just think your girlfriend <laughs> would like it, thank you. I, I just, just the way I like it. I haven't lived here for 15 years. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but you live there now. So from a New Jersey point of view, the closest I can get to it from an English point of view, from my experience, is people from Essex. So they're very well dressed. They genuinely, they're so proud of where they come from. They're proud to be from Essex and they love it. I've, I think that I get the same impression from people from Jersey. There. And I've just, at the weekend, we watched King of Staten Island, which is just superb. Hey, Bill so, Burr's fucking coming on as an actor. I thought he was excellent in that. Yeah. Well, he played Bill Burr. So he couldn't have been that hard. That's, that's like us writing the part of Rick Wharton and getting you to play it. You'd nail it. That, that's like writing the part of Rick Wharton and being surprised when I don't show up on time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he's, he's really he's really getting into the character. This guy's like Daniel Day Lewis. Look at him. We had to we have to cut halfway through the scene so he can vape. <laughs> <laughs> Can't his character just vape? No, it wouldn't be authentic. Can you get us one of them beard masks so I don't need so I can go hands free with it? <laughs> I had a builder come to the door, like it's a new builder stay, so the builder came to the door. And when I said I moved up from London, well, if you mention another town far away, he just glazed over. Like, there's the same look. Yeah. As... <laughs> oh, he's one of them. No, no, not even, a, not even a, he's a, one of them. He's just like, I do not give a fuck. Not that I expect him to be impressed or anything, but there is this similar look that, I mean, you, you, I, you've seen it on me when you talk about something I'm not interested in. I just I'll <laughs> look through and take a vape and wait for my turn to talk. That's exactly what happens. So you got Rick watered by your builder. Um, nice guy. I got a laugh out of him, so I feel comfortable having him around my house now. The other oh, there guy, you go. That, that's couldn't, all that couldn't break him, and I just looked like a child walking around my pajamas at four a.m. Going, I don't, <laughs> don't know why the washing machine's not working, mate. Can I play the Xbox now? But anyway, back to this because there's a decent documentary. So he buys this place out yes. in Vernon. New Jersey. New Vernon, Jersey. Vernon, New Jersey. Hugh Hefner bought a club there, the Playboy Club, and they were trying to make it the next Orlando or the next Vegas because Atlantic City yeah. just blew up with gambling and they thought they could make theirs another one. So it was kind of like they'd bought that land thinking it's going to be a boom area. Yeah. And it's got a ski resort on it. I didn't think it would snow enough in sort of Jersey for well, them to it, be able to it ski. It didn't. That's why and, well, it's got the big mountains. So, yeah. So if you think New York has like extreme weather, so you get super hot in the, the in the summer and you get a lot of snow in the winter. Because it's, it's, it's near Canada, isn't it? The north. It's New York to Canada is not. I didn't think it was. No, I didn't think it was that close. I really didn't think it was that close. But he buys 70 square miles. That's huge. I mean, that's a huge chunk I think of land. He initially leases it because that comes up. Well, he does. Sorry, he does. Yeah, he initially. Yeah, he does initially leases it. Um, so you could ski there in the winter, which is what he bought, and then in the summer, effectively, it was fallow, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so he had like, nothing to do. So oh, he, he built the, what we do? the largest snow machine out of a jet engine, which sounds you know a bodge job as it is. And then he decides that during the rest of the months, he's going to make it into a theme park so that it's not dead time. Yeah. And he created Action Park in 1978. It looks awesome. That was exactly the place I would have loved to have gone as a kid. So the first thing you see when you come in is called the Cannonball Loop Slide. So if you Whoa. so if you imagine a water slide, but it literally does a loop to loop at the bottom. So it's like a close to a vertical drop, and then you go around. <laughs> and they go through making this. 
and it's again you're so it's it's so happy the way it's put together isn't it so like you see they have animations of them chucking test dummies down there getting decapitated he then went all right we'll slow it down a little bit and then he paid because he only hired teenagers to work for him and um so what he does is he pays each teenager a hundred pounds to go and have a blast on it and the guy's like yeah yeah, yeah. so they have like the the former uh, employees there he talks about how there's a point where you're not in contact with the slide and then you hit your head off the top of it and you come back down. Yeah, um, <laughs> the loop. And they said by the fourth person they were sending down there, they were noticing people were coming out and they had pieces of their skin ripped off. Yeah, lacerations all over them. Yeah, and they took the slide apart to work out why. And it was basically the second person who went down, their teeth got stuck in the slide and got yeah. ripped out. And they were tearing chunks out of other people's flesh. I think there was more tests <laughs> done that before they realised it. So they got all the guys, paid them $100 to do it. And they're like, yeah, it kind of works. You can't be too big or too small. Otherwise, you'll either get stuck or not make it around the loop. But yeah, it, it's good. And then when they opened it up, they were getting like the back slashed a bit and it was all, all the kids getting $100 to go down had lost all their teeth that stuck into the fucking thing. That's superb. They'd be dead if it was my teeth. You got these huge rabbit teeth. I got. Nine Gs of speed is what it fucking made. Yeah. Nine Gs. What did he say? The only way you can experience that as a civilian is in the back of an F-14 or on the Action Park's Cannonball Loop. And then you've got the... Can- like Again, it goes through all these mad rides. And it does... It does it, there's an element of it that looks so fun. I, there was a place called Wet n' Wild near us that we used to go to, which looks like a safe version of Action Park. You had the Kamikaze, which was a vertical drop. You had the like you know the black hole where you're on a dinghy down. So there was there was like yeah, elements yeah, yeah. of it, the lazy river, but nothing like this. This was insane because you were like falling into lakes, not swimming pools. So it was like you'd get hypothermia. <laughs> like you had to be able to swim or you would fucking die. Like uh, there was one called the Cannonball Falls, right? And you go in and it's pitch black, and all of a sudden you're just not touching anything and you're falling vertically. <laughs> And then you hit your back off like one part and then you just see daylight. But the daylight is before like a 10 foot drop into a lagoon. (laughs) It's fucking insane. Like I went to a, um, the first ever water park I went to was in Tenerife. I was about 12, 13 and it was our first ever holiday abroad. And it was one of those kamikaze death slides. So yeah, it was like straight, straight into Pearl Harbor. (laughs) It's a long slide. As you were coming down it, um, they, Basically, they put on a show every day and they had these crazy uh, lifeguard Spanish kids coming down it and they would jump over one another. So one would go down on their belly. The other guy would go down standing behind him on his feet and then he would dive over the kid who was laying down onto his belly. It would They would do insane stuff like that. And it was deadly. It was health and safety came along for a reason, right? Yeah, and this is, I think this is one of the, the big reasons. They had a really funny one where they showed you the animation to it, where they, so they get the idea of a bowling ball on tracks, which will go, <laughs> this was a, and, and you get into like this big like hamster ball. <laughs> and you, get nudged, you get nudged down the hill, but it's like, it picks up so much speed and it goes around the tracks and it would be, it would be insane. If you imagine spinning round in that as it goes. But they didn't count for the heat, so the heat made the metal expand. <laughs> and the bowling ball went off the rails and went on the fucking motorway. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, this is this is insane. Like, 
<laughs> oh, it was so funny. And I know it gets very sad later on, but it was, I could not stop laughing. Does it the... genuinely, it genuinely tickled me. They said all the money they found in the pools at the end of the season, they'd use it to fund a massive party because he would only employ teenagers, yeah. right? Because what do te- what teenagers want to do? Have sex, get drunk, get stoned. And that's all the employees were doing. But basically, you got given a whistle and they were like, yeah, you work here now. Go on, you're in charge. They even talked about, we'll get to it, but like they talk about like the most dangerous areas. Like You'd only work there if you didn't know the manager to get you out of there. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Oh yeah, like that. You're dealing with death on a daily basis if you're in the fucking wave pool. Like <laughs> he, um, he was so worried about kids getting in there without the ticket. Oh, this he was basically. Uh, he basically. <laughs> he gets a. He gets a cattle prod, and then one of the teenagers comes into his office, and he said, I've had enough, kid. I can't handle it anymore. And then he cattle prods himself and fakes his death, right? And the kid's terrified. And he goes, whoa, 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 calm down. It's it's not real. It's just, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you to cattle prod like one of the kids who was working in one of the dirty areas. And then we're going to fake their death, basically, to f- say to people, like, he didn't have a ticket. So they do that and then they stop getting complaints from kids' parents because their kids can't sleep because they witnessed a murder. But that ski slide, that wasn't even the biggest problem. So that was hilarious. They faked the kids' death so that they knew not to get onto the the ski <laughs> lift. They knew not to get a ticket. It was on the ski lift for the, for the ticket, yeah. But that ski lift, you're going to the top of this like super dangerous ride where you had like a skateboard on wheels in, in a track. Um, yeah. But what the kids would do is they would literally go above them and drop their skateboard on people's heads as they were coming down. Like, they were just lawless. Yeah. It was like a lawless land that the kids could do what the fuck they liked. It was Alton Towers without the rules. And um, there was the skeet ride is really funny. You saw footage of that. So, like, the idea was is you're meant to be able to – you skim – you go down a slide, but you come across the water and you skim like a stone. Yes. But if you didn't pull your feet up at the right time, you just went straight on your face and smashed your face <laughs> into the water like it, it, like nine Gs of force. And you basically, you saw ride after ride after ride and then they would tell you how great the ride was and then how dangerous it was and then they would show you either people screwing up on it or animations of it. It was hilarious. One last thing on this, the stone skimming ride. So what they also didn't tell you, this lagoon you go into that you have to body, like shift your body weight correctly otherwise you dislocate your jaw. There's also a bee's nest there. So if you don't get out of the water quickly, you're getting stung the fuck. You get stung. They had a great... So most of the talking heads on there were like ex-employees who were teenagers at the time. And they still had that... Yeah, we were young. It was all all right-ness about them, right? But the talking head guy I really liked was a guy, he's a stand-up comic called Chris Gethard. Loved him. He he carried the show. Wasn't he brilliant? He did carry the show. He was He was the star. He was that good. They give you his name at the beginning and the end. There's also Alison Becker is the reporter from... Parks and Recreation. She's the one that um, Rob Lowe dates. No, that's... Um, I promise you. No. Rob Lowe goes on a date on her. Someone else goes on a date with her. She's... 
No, he Rob Lowe goes with. Um, eventually, he goes. Rashida Jones. Yeah, eventually he goes with her, but she he goes on a few dates with her. Oh, okay. She's right. she's like the news reporter who ends up like just dating the main characters and then just. Oh, okay. All right. You recognise if you saw her. I did. I just watched a documentary. I mean, if you saw the show. (laughs) It's been a while since I've seen Parks and Recreation. Male privilege that I just never bother fucking paying attention. Oh, there's Chris Gethard. He was great. And a woman was on. She was good. (laughs) Jersey! Love a voice and a hair. I want to marry one, but I refuse to pay attention to anything they've done. (laughs) I'm not going to investigate their career. I love the idea that your missus got up, not because you were laughing, but because it's like literally her birthday and she's blowing out her own birthday candles or something. (laughs) And you're like, la, la, la. I like accents. Women from Jersey. (laughs) Um, So he got indicted, right, with 110 citations. This is Gene... Uh, Uncle Gene, as the kids call yeah, him. him. Uncle Gene, was, that was a bit of a red flag. I'm like, there's got to be <laughs> something about weird. these teenagers yeah. sooner or later. But he was just a drinker, right? That's all he... He struck me as just... He was just a booze hound. Um, he was ordered to give up the park. So he decided to stop paying rent. So then eventually the state got so fed up with har- harassing him and asking him to leave. They went, all right, we'll just buy the land off of us then. He was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Gene got stuff done. That's what Gene did. And it was hard to not like that roguish side of him. And I know he was running a park where people were getting genuinely seriously hurt. But he was a bit of a character. And I think we forgive characters more than we... Because if it was you doing it and you had no personality, we'd be like, no, we should fucking put Rick Wharton in prison. Whereas Gene was doing it, you're like, ah, it's classic Gene, isn't it? He's all right. I think we have more awareness now because you talk about how like he had so much political clout, the stories that went in the paper, he had a little bit of control over. Anyone that got injured, they were able, very much SeaWorld, like to be able to blame the person as a user error or they were being mm. this or that. But they go into a few things when they talk about the um, the Tarzan swing. That's the one that I want to talk about. So they've got a Tarzan. So you're on like a fucking 15 foot platform. You get to run out and swing like Tarzan. But you've got 100 people from Jersey queued up. Uh, and they'll be. And if you didn't do something funny, they'll all be yelling that you're a pussy. It, but you'd also fall into the lagoon and you'd get hypothermia when you hit it. So you'd go into shock. And then you'd be in shock not knowing how to swim because you're just like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio falling off the fucking debris off the Titanic. And you got all these people going, yeah, you're a fuck. And you got all these fucking meat. Bag of dicks! Yeah, you got all these people flashing their balls to the women as they're doing them and stuff like that. It's fucking, it is hilarious. It was the 80s. It was insane. And then, uh, and then just another thing, they talk about 17-year-olds as managers and then they talk about hazing and you're like, this is another thing that I'm glad has been etched out of society because hazing is fucking yes. ridiculous. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'd drown new recruits. And you're like, what? Yeah, anyway, it was the 80s. Who cares? The next one. They would put them on the board where you'd put, you know those boards that they carry off um, footballers on? They'd strap them to one of them and then just push them out into the water and wait for it to sink so there's nothing they could do about it. I never want to be the new guy in a place ever again. And they talk about how, you know, they they are reselling stale buns. What they'll do is they'll just uh, steam stale Genius. buns that went off. I knew you'd think that. You're always on the side of the fucking business, not the guy who's getting E. coli and fucking yeah. dropping dead. You're like, no, nah, you got to make that 80 pence, don't you? Why would you buy new buns? Yeah. Use the buns we got. There's enough food 
40 shortages in the world. That's not um, that's not the problem, though, is it, Matt? It's, it's about the almighty dollar. It's not about... It, it, it was, it's yeah. hardly a humanitarian decision to fucking steam those buns and make those people ill. I'm sorry. I'm not going to accept that. I worked in a, a kitchen in Germany when I was a kid, and uh, basically if food came back in and it looked like it hadn't been touched and there was an order waiting to go out and we were waiting to cook and we hadn't cooked that, you just send that back out. And this was a good five-star hotel, right? There's The worst thing you can ever do is work in a kitchen. It, it puts you off eating pretty much anywhere, and you have to turn that side of your brain off. The one day that I've worked in the kitchen, it just put me off working in a kitchen. <laughs> i got to be honest, man. There's nothing I... Cause... Not eating in restaurants. Oh, my buddy... Man, he always, yeah, yeah, mate. Um, my match has been moved to Saturday instead of Sunday. Do you mind if uh, you do a shift for me if it's okay at work? And I'm like, what job? Just says me mate's gonna turn up for us the next day. <laughs> so I'm like, if, as opposed to having a confrontation, I'm like, fine, yeah. If your work says I can come and do your job, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, cool. You started at nine in the morning. I'm like, you fucking bastard. You're already asked. <laughs> so that are gonna be a kitchen porter for the day. And I was like a news round press packer. And I was just like. Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever fucking done. I hated it. What did you have to do? You were a news round what? And like, if you watch news round, there's always a kid that gets sent to do like a real job, and they're like, oh, this is where papers are made. And I was just like, again, I'm unemployed. I'm a fucking bum student, not living correctly, not in like a sound body of mind. I'm like, I'm working in a kitchen today. How did this happen? <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> and like, you call those pots washers? Like, well, I washed them. So like, you doing them again? Oh, for fuck, like if. <laughs> This is how dangerous this park was, right? They had to buy their own ambulance. And it was in the 80s. And President Donald Trump looked at invested in the park, but he said it was too wild even for him. How bad has a place got to be for Donald Trump to turn down an investment? And when they say they're creating a new town, this is what that you won't have had because you haven't seen this documentary yet. But they talked about the different areas. And they also talked about the McAfee Ranch. Right. Now, the guy McAfee, he is absolutely insane. There's a documentary called uh, The Gringo that we will be watching. Oh, yeah. At some he's point. the. Um, I know McAfee. He's uh, the antivirus the virus guy. guy. So antivirus he, guy. he yeah. cashed out on his virus stuff and his shareholders moved him out because he was too insane. Like, he was literally like sex competitions in the office doing blow and shit like that. So he got like hundreds of millions and then went to live in Belize where he had his own militia. And executed his neighbor, <laughs> executed his neighbors for shitting like the dog shitting on the lawn or something like that. And he's like on the run. He comes back. He's one, he's an absolute scumbag. But like he is like um, wow. Yeah, the McAfee one's going to be an interesting documentary when I want to upset you one day. Um, and the fact that he's living down the way. Then you got this guy with his fucking motorway theme park. <laughs> and then you've got <laughs> Hugh Hefner waiting for Vegas to reopen. The mob just licking their lips. There's a lot of mob ties to Mulville Hill and all that stuff throughout it. You think, well, how did they get insured for that? He didn't. He created his own insurance company and then insured himself. Fake. A fake insurance company set in the Caymans. And what did he call it? London Insurance Company. London Assurance. Because those people have... And when yeah, it shows you the, uh, the photocopies of the documents, they look like betting slips that says, everything will be fine, $10. <laughs> um, and then anyone who took the park to court would basically, he would never settle out of court. So he would always fight it. And then the cost of legals would, would bleed uh, yeah. them. 
and yeah, and people wouldn't fight him because they were. And his success rate, he only lost seven percent of cases. And even if he lost, he didn't pay. Yeah, he refused to pay. You what? had to send the U.S. Marshals to get the money. Yeah, so Tommy Lee Jones is knocking on the door, going, "Come on, give us your cash." Come on. Because they came in with fucking M16s holding up the fucking cash register to get the... Yeah, that's... Yeah, they'll take the cash off you. When they talked about the 80s, though, I genuinely got nostalgic. When they talked about how free you were in the 80s and there were... You were just there were no younger. no mobile phones. You were just younger. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what you were yeah, free and you didn't know from. any different, right? So I was a teenager in the 80s. It was fucking great. That... We, we would, right? We had... So I was a latchkey kid from about the age of six, right? So I had, I had a lot of Which time that is on my harsh, own because you wouldn't even be able to reach that. <laughs> no, they did. They had to get it lowered, right? I used to be if I forgot my key, I'd have to break into my house by going down the coal chute, and it was only because I was so small I could fit down there. Coal chute. Yeah. Wow, that's just a different era completely, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we had Jack the Ripper walking around, and we had to go get penny farthings from fucking Scrooge. <laughs> but yeah, we had a coal chute in our house. Wow. Yeah. Um, that would have been an attraction at Class Action Park. <laughs> Well, I think that's where we got it from. So we would, I had, uh, you know where you, it's a boxer's training thing. So it's basically, it's on a big spring and it's a big basketball on a stick, basically. Yeah, and you, you stand, stand on a on piece it, of yeah. wood and you punch it, right? Well, you could take that pole out and basically add the bit of wood with the big spring in it. We would put that inside a sleeping bag and then you would basically hang on to the spring at the top of the stairs and my mate would push me down the stairs in that i ride down the stairs in that yeah we take turns we did that for a whole summer once it was superb yeah we had like woods would go up to and you'd slide down the hill on bin bags like during the snow and stuff like that i've got like scars up on my hands of i went down yeah. like this like vertical ish no i would say vertical i go back now it'd be like a fucking molehill but um i remember i went down it and i put my foot down and i just remember mud if you imagine like a Mud was coming up above me foot, so I'm digging into the ground and I'm creating like a wall of mud. <laughs> and I stood, I, I kind of sprang up when I hit a rock on my foot. So like I go from being prone to standing and I just had to sprint and try and slow myself down. And I had to do like a, <laughs> a controlled roly fucking poly into like some nettles just to stop. And I'll never forget that moment. Like I'm not in control here. And again, but you- that's the beauty of the age, right? You genuinely think when you're a teenager that you're invincible. You genuinely believe that you you don't think that anything bad could happen to you. I would say it's you. different. I would say as a teenager, you're peer pressuring into doing dumb shit. Oh no, I think I was the one doing the peer pressuring. I, I don't think I was peer pressured. I think I was the pressury one. I was the I was the one with the dumb ideas. Oh, let's do that. I, I, I see every decision I made at that age group as just being insecurity. You don't want to be the lowest man in the totem pole. That is that is what my <laughs> my exact motivation was. Oh, no, I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Let's do that. That sounds like a great, great laugh. I don't think I had great friends growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think you've got great friends now you've grown up, to be perfectly honest with you. Not much has changed. That'd be interesting when things open up, having to go down the black rat again on a bin bag going, I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) 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 It's bullshit. I just want to play the PlayStation with the fucking curtains shut. <laughs> oh, there goes Marty McFly whizzing past. So, 
We used to, we even surfed on my car roof when I got my first car. What? You did a point brick on your car fucking roof. Yeah, well, there was that. I didn't live near the sea, right? So, yeah, I don't know how. We smuggled it into the park and there was like three or four size football fields. And we basically do donuts in the park, fucking up the football pitches and ride the roof of my car while my mates were driving. Oh, I would love to have seen Rebel Matt Wills. Tab hanging out your mouth. Whatever, copper. <laughs> Just driving off. <laughs> White snake well, plane. Some... <laughs> oh, we've done some dumb shit, man. So, right, yeah, so back to the documentary. Uh, these kids were exactly the same. Yeah, so they go um, into, like, some of the injuries and the action lawsuits. And even the people who work there are like, well, you tell the guests what to do, and they wouldn't. You'd be like, fold your arms on your chest. And then they would go out, and they would wave their arms as if they're doing these 10-foot drops and wondering why they're dislocating their shoulders. What did they say? We, we had to paint the bottom of the pool white so we could see if anyone didn't resurface. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to the fucking <laughs> wave pool. Shit. So they were saying, like, uh, one guest broke his neck, another guest span off and was impaled on a bolt and it cut his stomach open. Yeah. Um, then they talked about, and then this is why you don't hire kids. They give people CFS wristbands. And basically, if someone had a CFS <laughs> wristband, that was their own coders, can't fucking swim. <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why you can't put kids in charge you're absolutely right so you had the color of the flies that's why it didn't work so you had the kids co- are mean the colorado river ride where the rapids on a team dinghy so it was like simulating rapids and it was class four is what the speed of the rapids were which i don't know what that means but test pilots came out unconscious <laughs> And then you had people fighting them because you'd all just smash into each other. And you'd, yeah. And then you had people having fights because there's so much alcohol there. Um, yeah, the most dangerous place in New Jersey. And what do they add into the mix? Alcohol and music. And the thing what they, the thing they said is the more reports of accidents, the more attendance risen because it was advertising for the park. Yeah. This is so lawless. This can happen. It's insane, isn't it? The 80s were just... And then there yeah. was the thing that you want to talk about because you messaged it to me. <laughs> oh, what was? The, what did I say? That would be the code brown. Oh, no, that, was, that just tickled me. <laughs> if someone chat in the pool, they called it a code brown. And I think by then I was laughing so much that just fucking tickled the shit out of me. And they... Um, so Is they had the best they could come up with? So they had... Um, Oktoberfest. So they had the Oktoberfest tents there. Have you ever, I imagine you've been yeah. to an Oktoberfest. Uh, only in London. I didn't go to one in Germany. I've been to one weird, in London. How, how long I lived there. See, for I me, like it, man. I just like that idea. I, I, to to be honest, the beer was the best I'd ever had. It was the happiest mm. drunk on beer I'd ever been. But when you were queuing, yes. now the London queue was massive. Like just, you're in it for like an hour and a half. And it was funny because you'd see people going in from the front end when you're queuing. And they're literally crawling out, throwing up by the time you're halfway through the queue. <laughs> and you were like, this is like just some weird production line of poison. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It looks like. <laughs> you go to the Real Ale Festival, right, in uh, Earl's Court. And basically in the bloke's toilets, they have loads of just urinals, single person urinals. And you see these big sort of 50, 60 year old big blokes who have got the big sort of terrorist beard on them. And they're basically, 
they're basically puking up all this real owl hanging onto one of these cubicles. It's the most disgusting thing as they pull their big terrorist beard out of this big thing of puke. Oh, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. So the best thing about living in Germany, right? I don't know if I told you this before. We could buy for 99 pfennigs, which was about three farthings, 25 pence. <laughs> you could buy six bottles of German beer for 25 pence. Happy days, mate. Best country in the world, Germany. And their trains run on time. What more do you need? Yeah, they've had the moments. Um, but so the park was split up into three different things. There was Alpine World. I think Water World, and they also showed you Mortal World. Now I looked forward, because <laughs> I, I saw there was like another hour left of the documentary, and I looked forward to them bringing up Mortal World because I knew some shit was going to go down in fucking <laughs> Mortal World. So, so they had the Grand Prix cars right next to the tents, which they took the restrictor plates off, so they could go up to sixty miles an hour of people yeah. absolutely blathered, and you had people going down the highway on them and, and running off in the yeah, cars. Yeah, it was next to the motorway and next to the pub. And you had why would you do that? You had people trying to run down the staff who had annoyed them throughout the day. Um, <laughs> it was like he was in a bull ring as a as a. Um... A matador. Yeah, because he's, he's trying to make like quick turns on them. And I, and throughout this, they don't have many talking heads, but Chris Gethard and Alison Becker are hilarious throughout it. These are yes, these very, two, re- they yeah. picked two very good fucking talking heads for this one for me. I thought they were hilarious. Yeah. Um, and because they're both from Jersey, right? So they're both, and they went there as kids and they'd lived through it. Yeah. And, and they gave the right level of empathy and the right level of fun. I thought they they got that balance just right. Because like it does get horrible, right? Because uh, Uncle Gene's saying, right, if you do your lap times in the quickest, there should be girls in bikinis to come out with champagne, which then leveled the fucking competition up just a little bit more. Um, they also had speedboats, which were treated like bumper cars. And he had some poor lass that was working on them that explained that someone basically drove their speedboat over a ramp and on top of someone else's thinking they decapitated a guest. And the yeah. guy just got out, laughed, and walked away while the, boat, the boat's still yeah. on top of the guy. Like, <laughs> And then they were talking about the uh, the wave pool, which just, just sounded last thing insane. on Waterworld, because then they have battle action tanks. So, like... Yes. <laughs> Again, this is just, it sounds amazing. I bet the execution was awful. I bet it wasn't a fun place to be, you know. Like, so you get. I think it's better in the telling than it is in the living of it. Yeah. And um, so you'd get into these like makeshift go kart tanks and fire tennis balls at each other. But people worked out you could set fire to the tennis balls. So there's flit. So people are in tanks firing flaming fucking tennis balls at each other. Just. Just insane. And then it goes into the Alpine slide. Yeah. Which was like a summer bobsled. You're on a skate with, you're on like, you know, like a skateboard type thing inside a tiny little bobsled. It's like like a bobsled drop, the nearest thing yeah. I could say it to. And um, you had people breaking collarbones, concussions. And then they said there was up to 50 to 100 injuries on a weekday. You could double that on a weekend. Yeah. And that's basically, so the documentary has been running for an hour and I've been laughing my ass off. And then suddenly it stops. 
and then they go into it and they talk about the first death. And suddenly you're like, hang on, I was watching the funniest thing I've seen in years. What are you ruining my buzz? And then you see the family of this poor kid, oh, right? Heartbreak. Um, George Larson. It was it was heartbreaking. And it took you from it genuinely took me from I was having such a great time. And it just it dragged me right down. But the, it, it's sort of, it, it, it's almost interesting because the pacing of the documentary and the tone of the documentary is all very like it is literally you've been framed. Yeah. And then do 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 and then it just goes and then Harry Hill's going, Whoop, I wouldn't have done that up a ladder and then it's imagine if you just cuss to the guy's yeah. mom going and we never saw him again crying. <laughs> and you're like, What? <laughs> what you, yeah. Harry, you're what like, are you doing making jokes on. about this? And so, yeah, and it just changed so quickly. And you're like, ah, shit. So he was on the Alpine slide, I believe. And he spun off he, and he smashed his head on some rocks. The rocks that were also said that they had to remove those rocks and they never did. Um, yeah. They they go through him being and, in a coma, the, the damage to him. It's, it's, yeah, it's harrowing. But here's the shitty thing that Gene and his lawyers done. They said it wasn't the ride that killed the kid it was the rocks and their defense was well if he would have fallen off his skateboard at home those rocks could have been there and he would have hurt himself so you know we're not really culpable he, yeah you are you, you are as culpable as it gets sir he had also worked as a car park attendant two years two summers beforehand there so they classed him as an employee not as a public member, of the, member public, of the public so he didn't need re- so he yeah. didn't need a reported also they yeah. said that the accident happened at night after the park was closed when he was fucking around which is not true it was just a regular day in the which park is, yeah he controlled that was the thing about gene right he can uncle gene he controlled the narrative and that couldn't happen now could it with social media in a yeah. way we are in charge of our own narrative so yeah yeah the uk that you know, that shit would get out so much more as opposed to being a pockful yes, tale of I heard this, she heard that. Well, mind you, there's false yeah. false news everywhere. But yeah, I don't think that would have let lie as much. You also had someone in the kayak experience. So you'd go down on a kayak and there was fans yeah. under the water so that you would uh, be propelled. And someone got electrocuted by the fans and died on there. Because they weren't earthed properly. Yeah, there was fractured vertebrates of, of accidents on the fucking swing. And then yeah. we come to the wave pool, which people called the grave pool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the wave pool just was insane. We had one of them wave pools. In, there was a swimming pool we went to in Romford, Essex. They're amazing, the wave and pools. They're so much fun. They're deadly. This thing was like, was, what would that, that would have been 1982. And it was deadly. It was genuinely bloody dangerous. And what they would do is they'd and put the new recruit on there so that you'd get used to it quickly of how busy you had to be. So like you got a guy on his first day and he said, within 10 minutes, you've saved five people's lives. That's, yeah. that's how the wave people work. <laughs> and they had to turn the wave machine off to just check for any bodies to see if anyone was drowning. And yes, they missed two, didn't they? Two people drowned. You also and have- suddenly you've... It just gets very sad, the documentary. You're yeah. like, oh, I feel a bit of shit for laughing yeah, so the, much. The story of the mother trying to kill herself, trying to walk out in front of a truck. Yeah. Then you had Jesse like, he... Palladini was oh, yeah. the reporter who reported it. And uh, 
Yeah, Jean got her the sack. He phoned up her boss and went, yeah, your person's bringing, you know, we're a big employer in this state yeah. and in this county. Tax revenue, you know? um, yeah. employment, if that went, that would be bad on the thing. It's amazing, like, the power we success wields. Do you know what I mean? And all these yes. different crooks. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it does come back to the dollar, right? Oh, the dollar is powerful. Oh, you're paying a lot of people's wages. Well, we need those wages because those people pump into the local economy. They are the local economy. He also... We can just turn a blind eye, can't we? He also bought homes for elected officials. Yeah. And then... He controlled it. He controlled all of it. And then, so the reporter has him deposed and answered for two hours every every question I don't recall. Yeah. Which, that's good to know you can do that. Uh, that, that, that I didn't know you that, could that, do that. that yeah. That's logged that's... in the membrane, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I Hopefully, I'll remember at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she looked like the uh, the reporter. She looked like the older woman in... Have you seen Howl's Moving Castle, the Japanese cartoon from Ghibli Studios? Mm. Oh, she looks like her. It, the whole way through, I'm like, who does she, who does she... And when it hit me, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get Rick to watch a Japanese cartoon. That's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. You've got that Sky, that sky, um, sky Pass hanging over my head now. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing one about ballet next wa- week, yeah. <laughs> I started watching the ballet one yesterday. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're not going to watch that. There's no, yeah, there's nothing to talk about in it. Very good though, very good. I really enjoyed it. Sent you a message after having Sky for five minutes. Like the fucking Eagles matches on. I watched the British. <laughs> I watched the British basketball match for five minutes. And I was like, this is why I thought I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> I can miss jump shots. I had to to Google who the Eagles were. I thought it was a Crystal Palace thing. Um, They said the spirit of Action Park lives on in the Fire Festival, which we covered in Discussing Documentaries, episode 25. And Chris Gethard, who was just brilliant, went, no, that's bullshit. In the Fire Festival, you got a cheese sandwich, whereas Gene gave you everything you wanted and a ton of fucked up fun. But yeah, sadly, it went. It didn't. It didn't make it the park. Gene goes bankrupt, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, he dies twenty twelve. And the parents of the dead kid celebrated. But the deposition lady switches his opinion, her opinion on him quickly because they had some chats or something. Yeah, became friends. It's weird, isn't it? He got out of the sack, like partly ruined her life for a period in her life, and then yeah, she got to know him a bit. And she went, "Listen, he was no saint, but." There was a good side to him. And and then they do, they kind of, they get the employees to be like, listen, everyone hated it, but everyone went back. You ever had friends do like a ski season or something like that or Camp America? No, but I, my friends who I did that with uh, when I went and lived in Germany, yeah, we still hang out now and again. I like, see them a couple like, of times a year. What I find mm-hmm. is like the initial work of it is grueling, is brutal, but you have those few fun moments that you just can't top. Like Camp America in the fucking woods of New York at a campfire with a bunch of people your age having a laugh. You can't buy those kind of memories, but the work itself is yeah. grueling and horrible. And it's basically Stockholm yeah. Syndrome set in. And now it's like a shared trauma where you're friends. Like there's, yeah. And there's a lot that we haven't spoke about on on this documentary worth seeing. But here's, here's the strange 
almost like the grift or the hoodwink of the documentary. They don't actually have any footage of them hurting anyone. They do animations very well, and those talking heads yeah. cover it very well. There's not really a dull moment, but you don't have Gene talking. You've only got like people who worked on the concession stands and the comedians talking. And um, yeah, they've done a lot with a little. Is what I would say of that. They've told a great story. Yeah, and very this is, much. This Incredibly is well. Very well directed. The Cecil Hotel could learn a fucking trick or two from this one. Like, <laughs> I liked um, the, the final quote of the thing that just just put the the fact that I want to I want to meet a lady from New Jersey if I outlive my missus. What was her name? Alison Becker. The Parks and Rec. So Alison Becker said, uh, "Still can't even remember I was scared, her name." This is this is why. Alison Becker. This is. Your so Alison Becker. Do you, you know, know her from... name? Do you know what she does? <laughs> yeah, avoids me. You know Alison Becker. You know the woman from Parks and Recreation. Um, Look at that for the edit. I want that left in. <laughs> Look at me pretending to be a person that pays attention. <laughs> even though I was scared to do those rides, I fucking did them. There's also a part of me that's like, and if you can't do them. Then fucking get out of Jersey. That's why I loved her. Suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> i got to be honest. We're going to have chats about that being a catchphrase because it really doesn't scan well from you. <laughs> Matt Will, nicest guy in the world. Suck a bag of dicks. What a bit of chick from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey. Um, but then the documentary ends on as somber as a note as you can get, because it, it goes back to um, George Larson's parents, the kid who died on the Alpine slide. And you see them standing by his grave, putting some flowers yep. on his grave. And it's just horrible, right? You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. As much as we've laughed at how dangerous this place was and how people were getting hurt. Some people didn't leave the park. Yeah, no, and it they only got sad. they, they really only sad. settled for a hundred k in the end because they said a teenager's life isn't valuable because they cost parents money. So it's not like he had a loss of earnings or something. Is basically the way around it. And it's such a weird country, isn't it? That yeah. is such a weird country. And, and no matter what morbid nostalgia people have for the fucking eighties, it's like I say, it's better that we have things the way they are now. Like yeah. Health and safety was created for a reason. God knows how COVID-compliant class class park was. That would have been um, ground zero, wouldn't it? For oh, that, that, would, that would have been it. Standing six feet apart. We're from Jersey, bro. Let's leave this work. <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> right, give us your score on this one, Rick. I'm giving this a decent 3.5. I enjoyed it. Nice, man. I'm going to give this a four. Genuinely, I was just laughing so... Look- Look, look at how you've become an adult with your scores. You would have given us a 10 six months ago. Now you've learned. <laughs> six months ago, I would have. Yeah, yeah. We're just... Yeah, I like the voices. Jersey. 100. <laughs> it's out of five. Okay. 200 then. Right. What's next on the docket then, Rick? What have we got well, coming up? Well, I would just Sorry, before we, let's finish this documentary. If you do get a chance to watch it, it did genuinely make me laugh a ton. And I know I shouldn't. Even now I've seen the whole documentary. I think at some stage in my life, I'm going to watch it again it's, if I ever need got, cheering up. It's got a fun tone to it. The cartoons and the way it's voiced over it, it's yeah. cut perfectly like a Harmon quest or something. But um, yeah, yes. so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure what we're doing on the main feed, but I know on the Patreon feed very soon, once, once Matt works out how to do it, uh, will be the um, the Woody Allen documentary. Very excited for that one. That's there's a one called Alabama Black Snake. I've got my eye on that. Will be doing 
Yes, um, that looks good. That looks really good. And yeah, just just yeah, thank you very much for listening again, guys. And um, yeah, go on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we need money. We will see you on the next episode. We do need the money. I need enough money to tell my mom to get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Suck a bag of dicks! <laughs> <laughs>